One more, uh, one more thing to share with you out of Nehemiah 4, and then we're going to move on to some more in Nehemiah. But uh, I don't ever get tired of talking about God's redemption and restoration because that's what he's all about. <clears throat> and uh, we may be repeating a few things along the way, but we probably need to have some repeats because when you repeat things, you learn... That's how we learn, by rote memory, you know, just saying it over and over. I passed out some, uh, a list of scriptures the other day at uh, our Wednesday night deal about God's Word, and, you know, I, I read them multiple times a day now for about three or four weeks, and I can, I can just say the whole list now, and I didn't set out trying to memorize them, but they, I mean, when you read them over and over, you can't help but remember them. Every now and then I forget the exact order I've got them, but I still can say them all, so... Uh, that's how we learn everything. And God wants us to learn who He is. And part of the way we do that is by experiencing who He is over and over and over again. We, we come to Him with our problems, and He delivers us. We come to Him with our problems, and He redeems and restores us. And when He does that, we begin to see who He really is, and we see Him differently than we've seen Him in the past. <clears throat> so in Nehemiah 4, uh, we're going to be reading verses 15 to 23, and the title of today's message is Rally Time. If you like sports, you know, rally is when you, uh, everybody, man, everything's going well, and the team's doing well, and the momentum is changing, and things are happening. It's a rally, you know. They wear the rally cap, they turn their hats sideways or backwards, or they hold it out like they're begging, you know, I mean, all these different things they do in sports. Well, we don't have to do any of that. But we do, have to, we do have to do what God's Word says. And He tells us to rally together. So today's message is really, it's about unity. And I want to make a few points about it. And uh, I think it's going to be a little shorter than normal. Not because I can't talk, but I'm just going to, I'm going to give you a break. How about that? <clears throat> Nehemiah 4, 15 to 23. And it happened... When our enemies heard that it was known to us that our God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction, with the other they held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, The work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there, our God will fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of the men held the spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. At the same time, I also said to the people, Let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by night and a working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. <laughs> so they, didn't, uh, they weren't worried about all the little incidentals. They were in tune with the, with the task at hand. The task at hand was to get the walls built. That was what they were doing. They were trying to build the walls so they could secure everything. 
And they realized that we have to be vigilant. We can't just, we can't just do this kind of a little here and a little there. And it has to be a unified effort. Everybody has to work together. So, and all the things that we talk about today, just keep thinking in the back of your mind. This is all about unity. Unity of, of uh, who we are as individuals and who we are as a group. A unity of our position as people and the influence that we might have upon uh, the things going on around us. We have a unity. And if, we don't have, if we're not operating in unity, then we're not going to operate the way that God intends for us to. And the people who don't know Jesus look at, at Christians and they examine them. You know, you're under scrutiny all the time by, by unbelievers. They're looking at us to see, are you really going to live this? Are you really going to be who you say you are? Are you really going to let your light shine? Are you really going to be the salt of the earth? Or are you going to be the same old selfish slob you always were? You know, I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line. They're looking at us to see, is this real? Is the old man really dead? Or is he still just, you know, showing up pretty regularly? If the old man's showing up pretty regularly, the people that are looking at you are going to say, well, I can be like that. I can, I can control myself, you know, part of the time. I don't have to know Jesus to do that. Anybody can do that. So we need to, we need to be who we've been called to be and do the things we've been called to do. A unity of our position and influence in life. So we're all equal in God's kingdom. You notice that they were all doing the same things. It didn't matter if they were nobles or rulers or leaders or if they were just the rest of the people. Everybody was toting a weapon. Everybody was packing. Everybody was working. Everybody was doing the things they were supposed to be doing. They were all working with the same purpose in mind of building the walls. And it didn't matter if you were in a position of, of leadership or if you were just an average person. Everybody was equal in God's sight because they were all supposed to be doing the work. They need to be doing the work. And by the way, that's where, that's where we are right now. You understand that all of us are supposed to be doing the work. I may stand up here and preach, but I'm no different in God's eyes than any of you. We're all equal in God's eyes. God expects all of us to do the work, the work of the ministry, which is, first of all, loving him, ministering to him, and secondly, ministering to all those around us. Now, if you happen to be a noble, which, you know, we don't have that in our country really as such, but we do have wealthy people, people of influence, um, it would be a, like a, I guess, a comparison for uh, a noble in that time period. People who have money and influence. Those people, they have an opportunity to reach maybe a different group of people than you or I, but they're not any more special in God's eyes. They're just, they're just a child of God just like you or me. So they're people that rise up from being, you know, just a, a regular person to someone who leads. And that's something that anybody can do. Anybody can take some leadership. You may not be the President of the United States. You may not be the, the CEO of some big, huge corporation. But you can take some leadership. You can be the leader in your home. Moms, dads, you can be the leader. Brothers and sisters, you can be a leader. 
When you go to school, children, young people, you go to school, you can be a leader. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to be in charge of the whole school, but you can, you can lead by an example, the way you live. People look at you, and they'll see this person is different. Everybody has the opportunity to rise to some level of leadership, and, and God wants us to learn and grow and mature as people and in our ministry. And that, but the reason is because it affects who we get to touch and influence. If you don't rise up to some kind of leadership, I mean, even just acknowledging that I'm a child of God, He's called me and He's gifted me and He's equipped me to do a certain type of ministry. I can share the good news with people. I can witness. I can teach. I can sing. I can dance. Oh, well, whatever. You know, we can all do things. Everybody has gifts and talents. And you need to begin to do the things that God has called you to do. In that sense, we're all equal, and yet we're all totally different. But when we work together, God can use each one of us to do more as a group than he can by each one of us individually. Because as a body, we have, we have more power in our unified effort than we do as individuals. And if we want to pray and, and believe and expect God to do things, then we ought to pray together at least some of the time. Because when we pray in unison together, there is more power in those prayers than if we're praying by ourselves. It's just the way it works in the kingdom. Unity brings, it brings more power and authority. And that's what we need and that's what we want. So you can read these scriptures and do all this stuff. I'm just going to talk a lot, I think. Um, I'm going to read a few scriptures, though. Um, Mark 10, 45 uh, says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So, we're all called to serve. If Jesus served, then I promise you and I are supposed to be serving too. If the King of Kings said, that's the reason I came, then you and I need to be committed to serving. And that's serving one another. It's serving in whatever capacity we have, uh, we have risen to in leadership, maybe it's just within our own personal uh, home, maybe it's with uh, an employee or, or a friend at work, a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, uh, you know, maybe somebody that you've befriended. We have the ability to touch people's lives, and we need to let God work in us. Some of us work with children. Uh, that's a great opportunity. You don't have to be superstar. But you can just love kids. And when you love kids and you do things with kids, it makes an impact because those children look at you. And maybe some of those children, that's the most consistent thing that's going on in their lives. When they come and they come to Mother's Day Out or they come to a daycare or they come to a beach club or come to All-Stars and they've got people that are there every time that love them and treat them the same. And it's not one day, I love you, and the next day, get out of my sight. I don't want to see you. You're bothering me. And a lot of kids don't have consistency in their home. So we have a great opportunity. All of us have a great opportunity to love and to, and to share the good news of people. So there's many levels of influence. Uh, I want to read this to you. Genesis 22. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. And this is God talking to Abram when he was going to offer Isaac. He said, 
You've not withheld your son, your only son. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So you talk about influence. Now, Abraham had influence. It wasn't just his people right there, but he influenced all of eternity from that point forward of which we are part of because we have entered into the covenant of promise. And it's not by works of the law, it's by promise. And so we've entered into that. So God says, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless people through you and you're going to be a blessing. So that's a huge amount of influence that we have potentially available to us. But if we're all wrapped up in our own selfish stuff all the time, we're going to miss out on what God wants to do in a bigger, a bigger realm. <clears throat> Personal and local. So we've been talking about this. Uh, Y'all didn't know I had the scripture in here, but Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine. You know, if you do that, they'll glorify your Father in heaven because they will see that you are different. That one is one of our personal callings. All of us can do that. Let our light shine. So personally, every day, everywhere we go, and everything we do, we can let our light shine. And we can also do that a little bit more locally. You go to the grocery store. You know, instead of grumbling and grousing because the checker is slow, you can be, be blessing them and just be smiling and letting your light shine. If you go to the gas station and the pump's slow, you know, you can either gripe or grumble or you can just rejoice in the Lord always. And then again, rejoice. So, you know, you have a choice to make every day, all day long. You can be happy, you can be sad, you can be filled with joy and peace and love, or you can be a grouch. <laughs> I'd rather be happy. Being a grouch is really not that much fun. But there are people that kind of seem to like to be that way. It's just like, I, I, you know, that makes me who I am, you know. And then they brag about it. Well, that's just how I am. <laughs> how about you get delivered? You know? I, man. We want to we be changed. Yes. Amen? So the apostles, uh, you know, they started scattering. And they began to, to go to other places and preach and teach. And in Acts 16 or 17, they came to this one city and the rulers got all upset and they said, man, you know, these people who have turned the whole world upside down have come here too. We got to do something. I don't think too many people are running around accusing us to turn the world upside down these days. If we had signs and wonders following us like they did the early church, <coughs> there would be an impact. People would be saying, wow, you know, something is going on here. Just saying. We need a unity in our purpose and our inspiration in life. The work is great and extensive. Now, what is the work? The work is building God's kingdom. You know, we're all called to build a kingdom. He said, I'm going to build my church, but we get to participate. And our participation is just to be obedient, to walk with him, hear his voice, do the things that he's put before us. And, and I'm convinced that it's not that hard. You don't have to try to figure it out all the time. Just, just live your life. Filled with God's Spirit. Live your life according to the Word of God. Just live your life as a, 
as a, a living human being that loves God. If you'll do that, all kinds of things will begin to happen. And you don't have to try to figure out what God's will is all the time. You're probably just walking in His will. If you're loving God and you're listening for His voice, you're going to follow Him. That's what He said. My sheep hear me and they hear my voice and they follow me. He didn't have to yell. He didn't have to, you know, whack us with a rod and say, here I am. He's just talking to us. That's the way the shepherds did it. They said, come on now, let's go. And they would sing and the sheep would just follow them. My goats don't do that. Man, they're bullheads. <laughs> you know, now, if you go out there and feed, man, they, they will follow you. They'll run you down. So maybe we need to, maybe we need to carry some feed with us. <laughs> when we go out amongst the lost, maybe we need to carry some feed with us. Sweet feed. Salt. Yeah. Give them something they like. And what do they like? They want to be healed. They want to be whole. They want to be free. They want to have hope, joy, and peace. They want to have all the same stuff that we got. That's what's inside of us. We have, excuse me. My wife is silently correcting my grammar. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the cost. Hebrews 12 says, Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let's have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Matthew 25, Jesus is telling a story about when you do right, you get a reward. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. All of the things that we do here in this life, it's worth it. You understand it's worth it because we have eternity out before us. And all the things that maybe we look at right now and we say, man, this is hard, or boy, is this tough, or man, is this discouraging, or is this blah, 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 whatever, just remind yourself that there is an eternity out before us, and it makes it all worth it. It's eternal in scope, the work that is, that is before us. It's great, and it's extensive, and it's eternal in scope. Genesis 15:1 says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Revelations 5. There's this vision that John has in the heavens. And he says, they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. What I want you to catch from that scripture is that, not that we're going to reign, but that he said, you've redeemed us out of every tribe and nation, every people, every tongue, and everybody, God has redeemed people. That's what makes it worth it because it's eternal in scope. When we get there and we see that there are people there and they will be there because of something we said or did, how much better can it get than that? That's even better than the well done on the pat on the back to look and see that this person is here because I, I took a chance because I, I stepped out and I said, you know, God loves you, and I love you, and, and I'd like to encourage you to let him have control of your life. When we all get to heaven, 
What a day that's going to be. Amen. We used to sing the missionary version at, uh, in college on Wednesdays, and it would be, when we all get to heaven, what a day that will be, because we're going to see, we're going to see some from every tribe and nation. <laughs> Because God is going, to, is going to bring some from every tribe and nation. That's who we're going to see. It's not just going to be me having a good day. It's going to be some from every tribe and nation. That makes it worth it. All the things that we do here in this life, it's worth it. It may not seem like it. You don't see the results all the time. And I promise you, if you do the things that God has called you to do, even if you don't see anybody ever change or see any results, when you get to heaven, I think you'll be shocked and amazed to find that there are people that are there because of things we did or said. Because no part of God's word returns to him void. But he does accomplish what he pleases and for the purpose that he sent it. And so when we share the good news, that word doesn't just go out there and just fall for nothing. It's alive and powerful, and it changes people. And so you may share... You may share Jesus with someone and they say, oh, yeah, I'm not for that. And you kind of forget about it and go on your way. Five or 10, 15 years later, that person's going through a hard time. And all of a sudden, it comes back to them. You know, maybe, maybe that one time that guy said that about Jesus, maybe that's what I need. You know, I've, I've heard these great testimonies. A uh, lady here in our church told me one time, said, you know, I was going through this horror. Uh, my marriage was messed up. I was feeling so discouraged and down. And at this midnight one night, I was sitting there just switching channels on TV. And Tammy Faye Baker, <laughs> of all people, you know, Tammy Faye Baker. And she gave her heart to Jesus right there. And it's changed forever. You know? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you hear or how you share. God can do something, but, but he can only do stuff when there's stuff to do it with. You know, I mean, if you're not doing your part, he's not going to be able to do the things he wants to do through you. We have to be willing vessels. That's our biggest call. Now, God does all the work. We just got to do our part. So I just want to wrap up by saying... Uh, there's a trumpet call, and in this story we read from uh, Nehemiah today, he said, when you hear the trumpet, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally there, come together, because we're all spread out. You understand that God's people, even though we're right here in this room together, we're kind of still spread out because we've all got our own individual lives and things going on. We get all busy and we get all, we get all separated, distances between us, but when we hear the trumpet call, that's when it's time to rally. And we can rally together, and it doesn't matter. We can rally at my place. We can rally at your place. We can rally whoever needs it. See, you read through the New Testament, and you hear Paul saying, man, I'm praying for you every day. I'm praying that God is going to do something in you, give you new revelation, insight, make, make your life glorious. But then he turns around and he says, pray for me. You see, there's a, it works both ways. The trumpet call works both ways. When you need prayer, you can blow the trumpet, and we'll rally together, and we'll support you. And when I need it, I'll blow the trumpet, and we can rally together. But you have to, you have to let it be known. You know, you can't just go around and say, man, I wish they'd pray for me. How do we know to pray for you? Sometimes God will give us revelation inside, but it's a lot better if you just say, I have a need. See me over here? I'm struggling. Blow the trumpet, and we'll rally. 
That's right. And that's the way it works. So, worship team, you guys can come back. Uh, Romans 1, Paul says, I long to see that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of both you and me. There's a, there's a give and a take. There's a flow back and forth between all of us. You understand how that works, see? So uh, if, if we as a body stand together, we are stronger than if each one of us just stands in, as individuals. We need to stand together. That's why we have a prayer, uh, a prayer line. That's why we have uh, all the things that we do here. We have various things to encourage men, to encourage women, to teach children. We're doing all that stuff because we understand the principle that we're stronger as a group than we are as individuals. Because I see, and you see, but we kind of see darkly through a glass. We don't see with all clarity because no one has all the understanding. No one has it all figured out. But when we come together, the little bit that you see and the little bit that I see, it begins to make a more clear picture. And that's the way God works. In His kingdom, we are intended to all be connected and work in unity. The unity of the body is what causes it to have the power to operate the way that it's supposed to in the kingdom. So the work is great and extensive. It's big, and we get all spread out, but we need, to, we need to be listening. We need to keep our ears tuned in for that trumpet call so that we can rally with one another, so that we can rally when there's a need, so that we can rally when God... Maybe the person doesn't even say it, but maybe... Maybe you hear the Spirit. Maybe you hear the trumpet call from the Spirit saying, hey, somebody's got something going on. And you begin to make intercession for them. That's the way it's supposed to work. We don't have to get whopped on the head every single time. How about we get tuned in to where we can just hear the voice? And the trumpet call doesn't have to be a blast. Maybe it's just the... But we're tuned in and we hear it. And we get tuned in then we begin to respond. The more we respond, that trumpet call begins to just be something that's inside of us. And then we don't have to hear it. We know it's happening because we're in tune with the Spirit. So Lord, help us to see who we are in you, Lord. That it, You're the one that's going to fight. You're the one that's going to win the victory. You're the one that's going to do the work. We just got to rally. We just got to rally to where you are and rally to where to where the need is so that you can show yourself to be God on our behalf. Lord, help us to, to begin to respond with all of our heart that we would hear you, hear that trumpet, see the need and respond, Lord, so that you can show up and fight for us. In Jesus' name, let's stand and worship. Come to the 
Acts 1 8 says that after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the world. The promise is that you'll receive power to be witnesses, and it begins in your hometown, right there, who you're connected to, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your co workers. 
And then from there, it's people that you see a little less frequently, maybe people that you meet. From there, maybe it grows even more, all the way to the outermost part of the world. The work is great and extensive. Our influence, it may be small, but it can increase, and it can increase and increase. We just have to be willing and obedient. Do the things that God has put before you. And if you'll do the things that God has put before you, prove yourself faithful to him in little things. He'll give you bigger things. If you want to reach the world, start by reaching someone that's close to you, someone you have a relationship with. If you've got any needs and you like special prayer, someone will meet you here at the altar. And uh, I just want to encourage you, let, let God, let God arise in you. And let, let us begin to respond to him in a new heart that we'd say, God, here I am. Here I am. Send me. Let me be the one that goes. Change me so that I'll be that light that I ought to be. In Jesus' name.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you, grant you his peace. Go and be blessed. Uh, don't forget all the things we got planned. We got uh, next week's a big deal with Kirk and Karen. I hope you come and uh, if you, can, you know, tell someone about it, I want to make that a special thing. We want to enjoy that. Um, and so, can I just say that I love you guys? I really appreciate y'all. I love you guys. Y'all are doing good. I can't, uh, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate your support. You guys are what make it all happen. You know, when we come together, it's not just one person up here. It's not a group of people up here. It's, it's all of us because we are the body. You understand? We are the body, and we're all connected. And so when we love each other, that's what makes all this work like it's supposed to. So thank you. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. Oh, sorry.